there's a phenomenon that is about to occur. In the counties of DeKalb, Fulton, and Cobb, this week, children of all ages, students of all ages, will come home one day and do one of three things. One, I call it the backpack sling. I'm finished with school. School's done. It's a victory. That's a wrap. I'm over it. Does anybody here do a backpack sling right at the end? Yeah, I see some parents. All right, let me go grab my backpack. Hold on. All right. Other students, they do something else with their backpack. I call this the backpack dump. And if your children are like mine and do this, then you need some type of plastic or tarp down because they open up their backpack and they go like this. And it is gross. It is so gross what comes out of these backpacks. They're like pieces of things, things I don't even recognize. I don't know how Play-Doh gets like that, but it does. And they're like pieces of snacks and random things and like erasers and pencils. Has anybody ever seen what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know. It's embarrassing, but you can raise your hands. I have it too. I try to keep up with it all year too. I'm like, let's just take that out. Let's just clean it out. It doesn't matter. There's weird things that grow in backpacks. The third thing that people do, if you don't do the sling, if you don't do the dump, you know what you do? You come in and you go like this. It's called the ignore, <laughs> which makes the backpack dump grosser later. But you come in the door the last day or the day before the last day of school because you're not allowed to bring your backpack on the last day, and you dump it at the door, you drop it at the door, and you ignore it, and you just kind of kick it to the side. That is awesome, people who do that. Good for you. You do that. I saw it. Yep, I understand. There's a phenomenon that is occurring, and we all know what it is. It's the end of the school year, and it is wonderful because whether or not you have someone at your house that attends some type of educational facility, whether or not you go to school yourself, there's something that happens this week. All markers are starting to point toward summer. Summer vacations. I have, a, I have two children, and the older of the two, he said to me, well, actually, he texted me because he's a teenager, and teenagers text. So I'm in the same house with him, but yet he texted me and said, hey, Mom, it smells like summer. Do you know what the smell like summer is? It's sunscreen. We're starting to sunscreen ourselves because we've got to go to swim team lessons now every day. Now we're starting to think about summer vacations and beaches and parties. All markers are starting to point toward summer. And it's exciting. It's exciting because it means that school is over. There's an end of an era, so to speak. Because it's usually when summers happen, when the adventures really get going. There's something about having a respite from a schedule and a break from the routine that just gives us energy. And we get to go have an adventure and explore something new. 
It's the end of one and the beginning of another. That is exactly where we caught or where we catch the disciples. Here we have the disciples, and like students, they've been spending the fall and the spring learning. Jesus has been teaching them how to live, how to worship, how to love, how to be a community together. So the disciples have spent all this time learning. And all of a sudden, Jesus is crucified. The tomb is empty. And guess what? Jesus still appears. And so their learnings are not over. They thought they were, but they're not. And so Jesus is saying, I'm here just to remind you of what to do. This is how to live together. And I'm going to ascend one day, but until then, remember what I'm teaching you. And the disciples begin to say, no, no, when's that going to happen? When? When is the next thing? When's the next adventure for us? When is this part going to be over? And he says, it is not yours to know. Just hear what I'm saying now and learn from me. And so it catches them by surprise when as Jesus is talking, it happens. He ascends into heaven and it marks the end of one thing and the beginning of something new. And it's all caught in the book of Acts. Let's read it together. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom of Israel? And he replied, it is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And when he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while he was going, and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. And they said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go to heaven. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey away. And when they had entered the city, they went up to the room upstairs where they were staying. Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. And all these were constantly devoting themselves to prayer, together with certain women, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, as well as his brothers. The disciples, <clears throat> they begin to process this information of what happened very differently. And if you don't believe me, read the rest of the book of Acts and you'll see it. All the disciples, they go back together in this classroom where they've been, and they handle the news differently. Some of them do the backpack sling, and they're like, yes, we got to see it with our own eyes. What a victory. And then others, 
they began to process it very differently and they just put all of their emotions out there. They're like, but hold on a minute. What if? What about? And all of these bits and pieces and fragments of questions and their faith questions and journey, they start to spill out and they go, hold on. And they start to process it. And then others of the disciples, disciples, they're just going to ignore it. They're going to just drop it right there and keep going. And believe it or not, all of them work. All of those ways to figure out the story, they all work. And we know that because this scripture in Acts is some of the most detailed we have. It paints this beautiful image. It gives us something to hold on to so that when we need a reminder of the lessons we've learned, we can go back to this very, very vivid image. Another thing about this scripture is it's repeated more than any other scripture. You may not know that, but this, you repeat the words of this scripture all the time, especially if you've ever gone to traditional service, because this is the stuff that Apostles' Creed is made of. These are the words that affirmations of faith are made of. Have you ever said the Apostles' Creed? Anybody? I know some of you have. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. And it goes on to say, he ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. It sounds like something you would learn in a Shakespeare class, doesn't it? It's an old-fashioned language that we repeat the words of this scripture. And that's been the whole point of our faith. is something that we are taught and repeat. There are lessons that are taught and repeated at home. There are lessons that are taught and repeated at work. There are lessons that are taught and repeated at school. There are also lessons that are taught in church and that are repeated. And friends, here's what I would say about it. We have to be intentional about the lessons that we teach one another, don't we? This is the moment when we come together at church, and these are the most crucial lessons of them all. Because all the way back from the ascension, our church has been rallying around lessons of love and grace and figuring it out together and processing all of the different ways that people figure it out. And what we want repeated we have to be intentional about what we're teaching so that people are intentional about what they're repeating. We want, we want things repeated of love and of forgiveness and of grace. And a church that's inclusive enough to do that, that's what makes it healthy. That's what makes it worthwhile. And that's a place to be repeated. And that's our hope for our children and for our youth, and for our graduating seniors. And that's what we celebrate today. We celebrate our seniors who have been a part of our congregations, who've been a part of this campus and service projects and youth and Sunday school and music. And we hope that the love and what they have learned, that they repeat that all the places that they go in their lives. And so... We have two seniors with us today 
We have Abby and Caitlin. And as they make their way up to tell us a little bit about their journey, I would say let's watch this video together. campus all week, and we are really grateful that we have the two of you with us, so thank you very much. And I'm just going to start by letting both of you say who you are and how long you've been a part of our church, and um, I won't do that to Jason. Let's say maybe you tell us one of your favorite memories from youth group. So the group of the girls was really meaningful. Yeah. My name's Caitlin. I've been here since the end of my 10th grade year. I was invited by Morgan Harrison by a friend, and I wasn't a believer before coming. And I started going to Crossroads and stuff in the summer, and it just all clicked. Um, ever since then, I've been pretty involved in chapel and um, chaos and all the crazy things here. <laughs> and um, 
My favorite memory is helping out with our new retreat called Breathe. It was a girls' retreat for girls by girls, and it was an amazing opportunity to be like the first step of that big wave. Yeah. Yeah. And tell me, what are you going to do after graduation? And it's okay to say I'm taking a gap year. It's okay to say I don't know. So tell us, what are your plans as of today, what you're going to do when you graduate? And what, so Kennesaw State education, what type of education do you want to go into? Who do you want? Either like middle school or high school. Oh, bless you. Good for you. Here she is graduating high school. She wants to be a middle school teacher. Yay. That's fantastic. Good for you. I love that, Abby. Okay, Caitlin, what are you going to do? Um, so both of us are going to go to Alaska for a mission trip. And then um, I'm going to go to start my fall semester at um, University Tennessee in Chattanooga. I'm going to do architecture and minor in historic preservations. Okay, I didn't even know that was a minor. That's amazing. So tell me a little bit. Well, first of all, I have to know what type of person are you at the end of school? The last day of school, what are you going to do? Are you just going to throw your books away? Are you going to just chuck the laptop for a little bit? What, what's your, are you going to sling it? Are you going to dump it? Or are you just going to ignore it? Leave the rotten stuff. It'll be fine, right? Yeah. I'm a dumper, you know. <laughs> you want to start fresh. Yeah. I like that. So what are the lessons that you would um, share with Chapel Roswell? What are the things that have been the most meaningful takeaways for you? In other words, what are the lessons that you learned here and that you are going to intentionally repeat later? So for you, it's really been about community. It's been, you found the group of girls here in the youth group, and that's been kind of probably your D group. Um, and so you want to have that. You want to have your, your group of people wherever you go next, which is important because that's what the disciples had by name. They could name each other in the scriptures. Every time they did anything, they would name, here's who is in our small group with us. <laughs> that's essentially what that was. And they were saying, we are going to process our questions together, and we're going to live together, and this is how we're going to do it. So it's scriptural. That part of you is scriptural, Abby, which is wonderful. Okay, Caitlin, how about you? I would say also, like, finding your group and having them, like, for your, like, help you, like, just get through trials, especially when you're working in ministry as a young student. It's hard to be taken seriously, and having that group of friends can really help you persevere through those trials. And I think going forward, it's really important, too. It's, it's almost like with the ascension after Jesus left and it's just them, it's just them. And so you don't always have the safety net. You don't always have um, the comfortable routines that you had. And so now as you go on to school, it's a new way of being. And so to have that group to say, what are we supposed to do here again? Or help me keep accountable again? Absolutely. Um, that's scriptural, too, which is a wonderful thing. You'll see Caitlin and Abby around. I know Caitlin also is going to be an intern for youth group this summer and for Chapel Roswell. So you'll see her um, a little bit singing and things like that. 
Um, our hope for you, too, is that where you go, that you find a church, that you find that church community, and let those people be part of your people. Um, I don't know, when I was in college, you know, a long time ago, they used to feed college students that came. So our prayer for you, too, is that you find a church that feeds you, because <laughs> I think that's important. <clears throat> um, what I'd like to know, too, I know you talk about community and people. Um, as we wrap up our time, tell us if there's an adult. Is there one adult in our youth department that has been meaningful for you? An adult meaning anyone that's just not in school with you, anyone a little older than that. <laughs> They're all adults technically over there. I don't know if we call them that, but technically they are. So tell us a little bit. Can, can you name somebody that's been meaningful to you? Um, one person for me, even though there's a lot of people that I can name, is Emma Miller. Emma Miller. Yes. And what was it? Was there an, something you shared with Emma? She just helped me through a rough time over the past couple years, but she was able to help me. And now I have served with her and her in her D group and crew, and I was with her seventh grade girls this past year. Thank you, Abby. You're already serving back, so wonderful. Caitlin? Um, I would say Emily Thomas. She's new to um, youth ministry with us, but she's definitely one of those people who always pours into you every day. Um, some, like, good memories is, like, she's always, like, reading scriptures to me in the mornings when we have, like, work together and stuff. And she's just all around a great person. We've named two. I want to put you on the spot just a little bit and raise your hand if you've ever volunteered with a youth. Any event. Keep your hands up. I'm going to put you on the spot again. If you've ever volunteered for anything in our children's ministry, raise your hand. I know that you're going to be like this. Yeah. What you do matters. And it matters because your name is embedded and imprinted on the lives of the people who have come. And your names and the time that you served, even if it's behind the scenes with food, if it's in front leading a D group, one of our small groups, if it was figuring out the latest craft to go with the scripture, what you do matters and is repeated and imprinted in the lives of our youth. And so I'm here to say thank you. And I hope, Abby and Caitlin, that you remember that this is your church home and you can always come back. We want you to visit us all the time. Um, and so we're going to present you with these wonderful classic Dr. Seuss books, Oh, the Places You Go, because we can't wait to see the many things that you do. And we'll be your... Um, your classroom volunteers in your middle school and high school. I just committed us to that, guys, so you're welcome. Let's have a prayer over our seniors. Gracious and holy Lord, we thank you for all that you have done. We thank you for the way that you have blessed Abby and Caitlin. And we thank you for the presence that you've had in all of our seniors' lives. And Lord, we do thank you for the many things that are happening this summer. For those graduates who are just uncertain, may you help them with discernment. And for those graduates that have a plan and this is what they're going to do, 
may you allow them to be flexible as needed. And for those, Lord, who've decided to travel and learn something new, keep them safe. And for all the families that surround all kinds of students, just give them an extra dose of patience. And Lord, as families are starting to unite back at home and work is going to happen and all of the things are going to pull on people's time, may we all be reminded that these are the moments that mean the most. It's not when we sit down and try to have intentional conversations as much as it is as the things that we say to each other very quickly in the cars and around dinner tables. And so may we choose words carefully. And may our hearts be softened when we're frustrated so that this summer is a time when we just come together and become more nurtured. And Lord, in all that we do, all the celebrations that we have before us, if there are times of doctors that are before us or tests that are before us or any illness that is happening, may you continue to be a part of all of it and help us walk through it together. And may none of us feel lonely. Whatever is ahead of us, may we know that we go with our own community helping us. And may you remind each of us that part of the community is right here at church. And at this church family, at this church home, we can always come back and find support and the love that we need to take the next step for tomorrow. We ask all of these and the one that we know is sitting with you. Amen. Amen. There's so many ways to respond to worship, and one of them is through your giving. And so we do invite you to give to Chapel Roswell and Roswell United Methodist Church. And when you give, you support our Roswell students. You support our youth ministry, and you support our children's ministry, and all of the many other things that are happening around campus. And so we do invite you to give. But at this time, I invite you to stand, and we'll sing our last song with our amazing Chapel Roswell Band.